You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of Thunderquack.com, which you can get early every Tuesday over at patreon.com slash thunderquack, just like our Patreon producers, Brian Murowski and JJ Samuel do. Uh, or you can wait and get it late every Friday on podcast services across the galaxy. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I'm your other host, Amanda Conkin. Uh, welcome back, Amanda. Thank I, you. I, Thank I, you Curtis for... filled in for you last week. Excellent, Curtis. Yeah. Gotta love um, that guy. Appreciate it. I, I keep watching. He's got some great... Uh, post he always does like comic books from the day he was born or the year he was born or something and it's rather entertaining and he just has like this like this like really like deep-seated love of comics and i just love that so yeah he's a huge nerd (laughs) i mean sure yeah but i hope he's like he's the kind of geek that other geeks can like make fun of and throw stuff at um because because everybody else will be like oh man you see that new marvel movie that was pretty rad yeah it was awesome i love marvel movies yeah yeah and then curtis walks in and is like well actually did you know that in 1957 that character was and then everybody just starts throwing crumpled up paper at him because it's just like nerd yeah yeah. um but that's why that's 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 i said to him last week i was like that's the dynamic on 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 our new marvel show enough said where it's like that's the idea is that uh, Amanda, you basically have no knowledge of these characters <laughs> other than the MCU. And even that tends to be spotty at times. I, I even with, like, you could have just watched a movie and you'd be like, that's right. Uh, that character was in that movie. I just watched. Right. Um, whereas I am like the hardcore everything MCU. And then Curtis is like, yeah, MCU is good, but he's way more about the actual source material. Right. So I feel like we have that awesome balance of like we kind of cover every every fan of the MCU like like from every perspective. Whereas like other shows, I feel like we'll we'll kind of just have like one of those things where like somebody will be like like a YouTube show where they're just like here's every single Easter egg in Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode <laughs> one, and it's a forty five minute video, and you're just like, uh, okay, I don't okay, this is not entertaining to me. Um, I, I, that doesn't vibe with me. Not, I'm not saying that Curtis is one of those guys, but I, I, and then there are people who are like, I want to talk about like the, the meta narrative of the MCU, which is a little bit more my speed of like, what do these movies mean? Uh, and then there are people who are just like, I like these movies. They're fun, <laughs> which I think is, is where you kind of fit. That's, that's me to a T. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's how I enjoy stuff. Yes. Yeah, so I feel like we, I feel like we kind of nail that. We, we get we, the, our Venn diagram is is strong uh, on that. So um, if you haven't listened to that to our WandaVision episode yet, go listen to it. Um, but sort of on that note, before we shift gears into the actual episode, <coughs> just like a, a, a quick announcement here next week, you guys are going to get something brand new in the podcast feed. Uh, we're switching things up a little bit. So 
Previously, Amanda and I would do a Thunderquack episode, basically three weeks on, and then one week off where I do the uh, the off the record Patreon exclusive episode. That's still happening, but I, I Amanda and I are going to go to every other week um, with the Thunderquack podcast, which I think will end up. Some people might immediately react to that and be like, "Oh, I don't know if I like that," um, because that's obviously why you guys are subscribed. I think that the Thunder Thunderquack podcast, <clears throat> sorry, will end up being a stronger show doing it every other week because because we'll have stuff to talk about and we will be able to yeah, catch up on all the cool things that happened. Exactly, because I feel like I since like like November. Um, which I think Amanda will agree with this, that like every other week we're kind of coming and we're kind of struggling of like, what are we going to talk about? And sometimes we get awesome stuff when we have nothing to talk about, like our uh, ranking pretty boys episode where it's like, we, we just kind of go on, off the so deep good. end. Also, so it's my favorite episode of the podcast, <laughs> but it, it was so much fun. And, and I think that stuff will still happen, but, but, um, but there are, I think that there are also some like really flat episodes from the last six months. Um, and that's all kind of part and parcel with us doing this every week, not taking a break over the summer like we did with Quiver, not having a focused subject to talk about. Right. Um, it's like we got to we have to bring something every week. So this will help us, I think, make those those individual episodes of the Thunderquack podcast stronger. And uh, in that in that extra slot. Uh, I'm going to be doing a new show with my good friend, Carl LeClaire from the Wampus Lair podcast, where we're going to be digging into uh, the metaphysical and spiritual uh, content within pop culture. So uh, our new show is going to be called Metaphysical Fiction, and we're going to start our first season is going to be all about the MCU. Um, and we're going to we're going to dig in. We're going to go basically. I, I, what we've been talking about doing is character by character. So rather than doing like, oh, we're going to talk about this movie or this series of movies, we'll grab a character. So uh, for example, we'll probably start with Wanda because obviously that's kind of right on the tip of everybody's tongue. And that's that was Carl's sort of the thing that want, made him want to do this and dig into the MCU in this way. Um, so we'll look at that character, look at her arc over the course of all of her appearances and sort of talk about it holistically that way um, with a sort of spiritual uh, metaphysical uh, lens to it, um, which is really I, I think it's going to be really fun um, and, uh, and, and, and I'm really looking forward to it. So um, the, the first episode of that we record on the fifth. So you guys will be getting it on April 6th uh, in the podcast feed. And, uh, and, and obviously, you know, let us know what you think of it when it happens. Um, and, uh, and then Amanda and I will be back with a regular episode the, the week after that. So this will kind of be our new cadence uh, uh, the new rhythm uh, of the way that the shows go. And, and I think it's going to make for uh, better content across the board. Cause then in there as well, we'll have uh, our, our enough said MCU podcast um, when Falcon and the winter soldier is done in another four weeks. Right. Wow. There's only yeah, six, epi- six. There's only six. Episodes? It's, it's only six episodes, but uh. you notice like they're, they're almost an hour long, right? Yeah. Um, they're around 50 minutes. So. Oh, I, I, maybe uh, I didn't notice that because I, yeah, they're okay, a little bit longer. They're a little bit longer. So, um, yeah, I, anyway, so, so th- that's kind of, I, I alluded to this a couple weeks ago, um, but I, I, all that all of this was happening, but that's sort of the official announcement. 
and I, and I'm, I'm excited to get started on this with Carl. I love talking to Carl. Um, and we've had a couple of really, really good conversations just in sort of the planning and preparation for this. So, uh, I, I obviously once we're done the MCU, the next logical thing for us to do would be to jump onto star Wars, um, and then eventually do DC. And so I, uh, we're going to kind of look at it in, in as like seasons and, and, uh, oh, that's, that's I, a cool I, way. I like doing that. Like within, yeah. within the podcast itself. Yeah, so they'll kind of be like chunks, um, and eventually, when I get motivated, I'll I'll set up individual podcast feeds for everything. But uh, but for now, I mean, like if you're subscribed to the Thunderquack podcast feed, you're gonna start getting uh, start getting those um, uh, just in this feed, uh, so you don't have to go anywhere. Uh, which and that's the whole kind of idea with this new thing that we're trying this year uh, with with the MCU stuff. With that, um, is to just kind of kind of keep it all in one place keep keep it so you guys don't have to like worry about subscribing to new things because i would with for me i be subscribed to a podcast and i'll be like oh we're doing a new thing the podcast feed's not up yet but we'll let you know when it is and then they don't and then you're like oh i'm like three episodes behind on this show already when it's like just put it in like just give me a catch-all podcast feed right which is something that i wish that i had done with um with the star Wars stuff is that like, I wish that there, that we had started with just one feed for front lines and then saga continues and then rebels podcast and then rebel cells and then, you know, like faster, more intense so that you guys are all just like already subscribed. And if you want to listen to something, you can listen to it. If you want to skip it, you can skip it, but it's, it's going to like, you're going to get it regardless. Um, and, and then, and then, you know, you don't have to worry about chasing content, but, uh, uh, yeah, that so that's that's what we're doing going forward. But uh, this this week on the Thundercrack podcast, we're gonna get into the Justice League Snyder cut. Woo-hoo! But before we do, before we do, okay, okay, <laughs> we're two episodes into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, we're not gonna dig deep because obviously we saved that for enough said, right? That's yep. what that podcast is for. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll just give some first impressions. Uh, I will say really quick, uh, I love it. I think it's great, uh, especially the second episode. I love the direction that we're going. I love, I have no spoilers, right? But some of the characters that have been introduced, I'm really excited about what that means for the future of the MCU. Uh, and that's the sort of thing that we will we will dig into very deep when we get to, to the, the end of the season and we do our recap episode. But um, but yeah, I'm loving it. I love the dynamic of, of both... Uh, Bucky and Sam uh, individually as well as together. Um, I love that we're spending this much time with these characters that like there are these moments where it can kind of breathe. Um, Cause for me, like that's what I'm in the MCU for. I love the action. I love the comic book stuff. It's awesome, but it doesn't mean anything for me unless I have a connection to those characters. Right. Um, and, and to, to deepen the connection to these two characters who I already love um like like falcon if if you want to talk about like the captain america sort of corner of the mcu falcon is my favorite character within that so for it to really be focused around him um and then for it to this last episode to start centering on conversations about race which was like are they gonna go there like is like is this series gonna be about like hey is the world ready for a black captain america um and then obviously after that second episode that's what this is going to be about like that's that's one of the main conversations that's going to take place here and uh 
I, and I'm really excited for that to happen. So that's where I'm at. Amanda, how do you feel about Falcon and Winter Soldier? Yeah, that, that stuff, that stuff's all cool. Um, Infus Nest was cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, Aaron Kellyman is the yeah. actress. Um, yeah. it's not my jam. Uh, yeah. the first episode, I literally went to the kitchen to get a snack during the fight sequence in the air. It was like so egregious. Like I was like, <laughs> there's just, it's the same. I get it. He can fly and is really good at evading things and save the day. Woo. But like, I re- like, and I don't know why, cause I love, I guess what I like is character driven action. And for this, it was really just tr- trying to like reestablish how this character was good on his own. Like, I don't know. I just, it just, there was something that wasn't quite hitting. And I, I enjoyed the second episode a lot more because it had actually the Falcon and the Winter Soldier together, which I feel like, again, the character like elements are what I've always been drawn to in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I do just, I do like Bucky's story a bit more than I like Sam's because I, I don't know what to, like, I don't know what to, like, it just, like, it was heart-wrenching to be like, oh my gosh, you're hanging out with the dad of the guy you, anyways, I'm not going to spoil, but, um, you know what I was going to say if, yeah. uh, if you watched it, but, like, I'll watch it because I love this kind of stuff and there's, that's, I'll, it's, it's good and fun, but I'm not, I'm not as excited as it, as I was for, um, as with WandaVision, like even for this one, even just with it upcoming, I actually forgot that it had started. <laughs> and then this weekend I was like, Oh yeah, I can watch Falcon and the winter soldier. So it's like, it just like, even just going into it, I knew that it wasn't like going to be totally at my alley, but, um, I'm going to, I'm like, it's, it's, it's good. I'm enjoying it. It's just not, it's not something I'm like super excited for. So, but I love everything you're talking about and, and the things that they're going to explore. And yeah. it is like, it just grates on you. You're like, no one can be Captain America. That doesn't <laughs> know Steve Rogers. Because <laughs> um, there's so many things. The best, best line though is, did you jump on a grenade? <laughs> I, just... uh, I love, uh, in the arguments that we've had about the MCU, mm-hmm. Uh, going back to really around like civil war um you are obviously team cap and i am yes. obviously uh team iron man team stark mm-hmm. right and i uh, and and we've been back and forth on this so many times and like like you see endgame as a cap story i see endgame as a as a tony story <laughs> right like we're we're of such different minds on so much of this stuff and when i was watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, especially watching that first episode, I, I was thinking to myself, like, I wonder how Amanda is enjoying this because, um, because I was kind of in the back of my head going, like, I don't know if this is gonna be, I don't, I don't think this is going to be everybody's jam in the way that that Wandavision ca- captured well, a lot like of captured people. a lot more, yeah, exactly. Um, I think, I think, uh, I think this show is a lot more like sort of standard fare for. Uh, for MCU um, and it's not really at this point it's not really pushing the envelope in terms of like what the format of the MCU is mm-hmm. like like WandaVision did like WandaVision did was different yeah it was, WandaVision it was like... did what Guardians of the Galaxy volume one did right where right. like that came in and like cracked it open and was like the MCU can be all sorts of different things right yeah. right because up until that point it was like well it can be like more of a straight action like Iron Man or it can be like sort of like a spy thriller, like Captain America, like right. that. Those are kind of your two choices. And then mm-hmm. Guardians came in and went like, no, 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 no. It can be a full tilt 
comedy that just happens to be about superheroes. And then out of that, we got, uh, we get uh, uh, Ant-Man and we get um, uh, Thor Ragnarok, right? Which just like completely rewrites so great. Yeah, Thor yeah. And, and, and reestablishes that, that character's world. Um, and the whole cosmic world of it. Right. Um, and, and I think that WandaVision did a very similar thing where it's like, like, I think we got Dr. Strange, which was like, ah, it's kind of like, we're kind of, we're, we're entering this new world of like mystic arts and magic and whatever. But WandaVision came in and made that mean something to, to people in a way that I don't think Dr. Strange did for, for the majority of the audience. I think there are people like me that connected with it, but but it it wasn't as successful in like capturing the imagination of of the entire fandom, right? We, but but Wandavision did, and I think now like now we can get into weird magic stuff in the MCU that we kind that was kind of explained away previously is like, well, it is science. It's just science you don't understand, right? Because that was sort of like the Thor line of. Uh, I like I like, like that though. I like that. I I like that a, too. To a certain extent, but that's not what that's not what Marvel is, right? Like, like, like there are there are different sort of sectors of it, and one of them is like there's just straight up magic, like like Doctor Strange and and Wanda's a bit like they're just magic. There's no like there there's a there's logic to the magic and there's rules to it, but it's just like like if Doctor Strange for a story needs to make a magic potion that does something, he can do that. Right. As opposed to like with Thor, it's got to be like, oh, we have to explain this with quantum physics in some way. Right. Um, Because they they did the whole thing of like, well, it's science that you just don't understand. It's technology you just don't understand. So they kind of written those rules in and uh, which works. It works for that. It works for Guardians of the Galaxy. But but I like that there's this magic world. I think that Falcon and Winter Soldier is much more cut and dry this is the thing that I find really interesting is that you, you go like, Oh, I'm more like on the cap side of things. Like I like I like, I like Captain America movies more than Iron Man movies. And I'm always like, okay, fine. Well, and, and, and then I was like, if Amanda doesn't like Falcon and winter soldier very much, then it's not that she likes Captain America movies. She likes Chris Evans. Hey, <laughs> And I, I think, I think that, no, I, I don't, I, that's not like a judgment. That's just like, I think that's just like a, like a bit of a revelation of like, like, because Falcon and Winter Soldier is a Captain America movie without Captain America, but right? Like without we, Captain America. Yeah, exactly. But it, but in terms of like the genre that it's fitting into, oh, it fits into so. Winter Soldier and it fits into Civil War because it is about like this government oversight, I I, I, espionage. I, it's a, it's, it's a Mission Impossible movie. Wow, you're making movie. me like totally like reevaluate everything. Yeah, but but I, but I think kind of like that kind of stuff as long as you have the right people in it. And yeah, like but that's what I'm saying is that like it's not. I don't. I don't know that it's it. It's not those stories that you have enjoyed as much as you have enjoyed Captain America's story, which I just think is an important, not important, but I just think it's a really interesting distinction of like the way that 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 people approach these different things right and it's what i always say about the mcu which is that like like there's something for everybody in it it's one of my favorite things about it it's not like star wars where it's like all these star wars movies are the same and it's like rogue one just adds a little bit of a downer to it but it's just a star wars movie it's not different 
right <laughs> um and in yeah. fact they wanted to make it more different gareth edwards tried to make us and 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 gary witta tried to write a story that was that was different from the the saga films but then disney got in there and was like this is too different make it more like those other things and that's why the third act all of a sudden Jin Erso's character turns into Princess Leia and she's like we can do it if we have hope that's what rebellions are and she starts like throwing unicorns and rainbows at everybody and you're like she was like F the system burn it all down I don't care five minutes ago and then her dad died and for some reason like we're supposed to believe that that de-radicalized her in a way anyways I we don't need to get into Rogue One but but like the Star Wars movies are all like same, 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 right? Which is fine for me because I love Star Wars. But if you don't like Star Wars, then Solo's not going to be the thing that grabs you, right? Uh, the only thing that's that I think has done that is The Last Jedi, which was so subversive and coming in with the feminine gaze and all of that stuff. Like it, just, like it, it brought a whole different fan base into Star Wars that has now really sort of upset the apple cart because now there's <laughs> warring factions of people who are like, I love star Wars. It's like, well, are you talking about all of star Wars or are you talking about the last Jedi? Or are you talking about rise of Skywalker? Like where, <laughs> what would you say you love star Wars? What does that mean? Um, whereas like with the MCU, I like it's designed that way of like, Iron Man's movies are one thing. Cap's movies are another thing. Thor's movies are another thing. We get into Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Like uh, the Avengers movies kind of have their own vibe, right? Like it, it, it's uh, yeah. Like, like there's, there is something in there for everybody to enjoy. And I love how you can talk to somebody and they can be like, I don't like the Ant-Man movies. And I'll be like, oh, they're in my top five. <laughs> like both of them are in my top five. Cause I love the Ant-Man movies. I think that they nail something in those that the other ones don't do for me. Right. Right. Um, and, and, and that's fine. And like, if, if they made an Ant-Man movie without Paul Rudd, would I like it as much? Probably not. Like if they like, <laughs> yeah. like straight up, if they were like the next Ant-Man movie does not have Paul Rudd in it. It does not have Ant-Man. Like what he, let's say he never came back from the quantum realm. And the third one was that they got to go into the quantum realm and rescue him now. Right. Right. And it was a, and it's a wasp movie. I would be like, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys know I'll be there on day one. Cause I am all the time, ride or die. But also I'm not excited ride, about ride this. Right. It. Cause like, like Evangeline Lily is fine, but I don't know that I would want her to carry a whole movie, right? I like um, it. And, and I think yeah. that that's kind of where you're at with Falcon and the Winter Soldier is that it's like, these characters are good. We like these characters, but like, no Steve is no Steve, right? Yeah, like it, yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's not even just like, it's not even just like, hey, there's no Steve Rogers in this. It's like, hey, this whole thing is about the fact that there's no Steve Rogers in this. <laughs> so every five seconds, it's like, hey, did you guys... Do you guys remember that that Captain America's gone? Because <laughs> he's gone. You guys know that, right? He's gone. He's not coming back. Uh, so like everything that's happening is because Captain America is gone. You guys, you guys remember that, right? It's like it, like it, so it kind of hits you over the head a lot in the first two episodes of like, hey, this is different. Steve's gone, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, no. We Thanks. watched we watched Endgame, guys. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I would be jumping in here if I hadn't seen that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that there's a person. I'm sure that there's somebody who like 
who really enjoyed WandaVision and is like, I don't want to go back and watch all of the movies. I'll just kind of watch everything going forward because there are people who make weird decisions like that all the time. But um, I'm sure they're not having a good time. I'm sure they are not enjoying themselves. And the end of the most recent episode where they're like, that character is coming back. They're like, what? I don't, <laughs> I don't know what this means. Um, anyways, I, yeah. I, so I love it. And I'm, I'm, uh, but I'm in, I'm in so deep with this stuff. It's like, it's, this is, this is just hook it to my veins. I mean, like we talked, <laughs> we talked so many times last year about like, oh, there's no MCU. There's no MCU. And I and was now we like, just got it. I got felt it like I was want. like withering, right? Like, like, like it was like, I said towards the end of the year last year, like this is having an effect on my mental state. Like I need that hit every few months um, because like this is it's 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 creative juice for me. Right. Like it just like I go see those movies and then I walk away from it and I draw something or like I most of the time I walk away and go like, man, what if the X-Men were part of the MCU? And that's (laughs) usually the angle that I go off on and start thinking and creating my own stuff. But there's like the speculation and stuff and it gets the juices going and it's just like for a year there it was like holding pattern like right yeah we got stuff but it's the same stuff that we announced like two years ago it's coming eventually but now we're in this world where it's like every single week here's something um and it's yeah it's awesome and uh, i i'm just yeah Cause after this we get Loki and like that. And like, to me, that's the thing is like, like, even if you're not enjoying Falcon and the winter soldier that much, and you're just kind of like, Oh, we'll just get through it. Loki's Loki is right around the corner. And I know that's up your alley. Like, I know that you're all about that Tom Hiddleston. So, (laughs) I mean, who isn't right. So, and Owen Wilson is in it as well. And I like the dynamic with those two actors. Like, come on. It's just like, yeah, I love it. I, this is why I love the MCU because it's just like the it's. I look at it as flavors, and they're just like, they're just like, what happens if we put these two flavors together? What happens if we take the Hulk and we put him in a Thor movie without anybody else? Let's see what happens. And it's like, oh, that's actually really good. Um, and yeah, like Thor's gonna be in the next Guardians theoretically, right? Like, like, oh, like adding yeah. those dynamics in, yeah. right? Like seeing. Like how do these things play well and and uh, yeah, mixing up the dynamics, um, and the world just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger with all these new characters that they're adding. So, uh, yeah, I love it. But uh, anything, anything. Do you have any closing thoughts on Falcon before we get into uh, Justice League? Um, not not really. I feel like it's. I, I will say I don't know what I really expected. So yeah. it's like it is what I feel like it is what we we're told we were getting so <laughs> yeah yeah it's what it it's, says on the box it's yeah, falcon exactly. it's exactly and the winter soldier yeah, that's exactly exactly <laughs> right from the first episode where it's like it's it, it, it's not it's not falcon winter soldier it's the falcon and it's the winter soldier <laughs> so they're separate but also kind of together yeah um no it this is this this it's Everybody else is like, oh, I, this is like a Civil War, Winter Soldier, Captain America, spy thriller thing. I'm like, no, it's not. This is a romantic comedy. <laughs> I, I, this is this is all about how these two. This is a, I, I, enemies to lovers is a is a trope within fandom. Um, I don't know. I'm not saying that they're gonna be 
you know. No, no, uh, but I know what you mean. Like, bro, it's a bromance. It is definitely like the equivalent bromance of that. Of like, yeah, I, I, not that they weren't. I don't know. They were really like enemy enemies. They just but, don't really like each know. other, which is classic. I, it to me. I love that it's like the first rush hour. It reminds me so much of the first rush hour movie where like Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan is like, they worked well together, but they also like, like from the beginning of that story, they don't really like each other. Right. Like they're like, they're kind of butting heads a lot until they learn to work together. And then in rush hour two, they're best friends. And it's (laughs) like, it kind of loses a little bit of the magic in the second one. Um, But yeah, like I love that we have that dynamic in the, in this first one, but I, I love that you're yeah. comparing it to Rush Hour 2. I would never have thought to go there, but you know. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, <laughs> it makes sense. Okay, you want to get into Justice League now? Are you ready for it? Do I? Am I ready for it? Yeah, of course. Uh, you go first. I went first on Falcon, so you go first on Justice League. Ugh. Okay, I mean, everything that I've been seeing on the internet justifies how excited I've been about this for the last year. <laughs> So I just am so proud that people like it. And I know that that's really, I didn't realize how invested I was in like <laughs> it not sucking. Cause you were like, it's going to suck. And I'm like, no, it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. But people like, there was genuinely like people who hadn't seen the first Justice League. were talking about this one really positively. They're like, yeah, it was good. And I'm kind of yeah. like, that was so nice and refreshing to be like people had wanted to had like, I don't know. It also filled it. There was so as I was watching it, all I could think about was, wow, how is this not explained in the in the Joss Whedon one? Like, how is it not explained why Steppenwolf has a has a like stake in this and like. Yeah. What? Why the box brought hey, back oh, Superman? Here, like really so quick, many... really quick. Yeah, we're gonna get into spoilers on this. Oh, so if yeah, you yeah, guys yeah, haven't yeah, watched yeah, it yeah. yet, just wait. Go <laughs> take go find a four. Go hour take account. four hours. <laughs> uh, four hours and two minutes, and uh, and then come back to us. Uh, yeah, it's a big ask. I know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Continue. I just it just like the simple thing of being like, hey. How did Superman get brought back, or why? Right, like that. That they explain. Like it's such a simple thing. These, like, I, I don't know. I just all I can say is that I enjoyed it, and that uh, the pieces that I hadn't known. You know, when you watch something and you can't quite put your finger on, like the specificity of what it is that went wrong. You're just kind of like the whole thing was a hot mess. Watching this, I I can I can pinpoint the things that helped. Right. Yeah. That helped explain what it was and that helped like just the details as you go through. And you're like, wow, there's just the story building and the character development is there in a way that it wasn't before. I also like the stakes of the Flash having real stakes rather than move these people that live in this deserted place. Right. Like it just <laughs> there, it, it was like there was something that he was doing that was like tied to the bigger universe in a way that was interesting rather than now I will say time travel being used so flagrantly <laughs> to be like, oh, I'm just going to the first time you see me, I'm going to reverse time. But I guess that's the flashes thing, but it's still like as a time travel aficionado, I feel like maybe they could have used something other than time travel, but 
I don't even I don't even count it as time travel because it wasn't really time travel. You're talking about the end of the movie. Yeah, I am. It's not really time travel. It's just an undo button. Like he just he just undoes what happened. But by going backwards in time, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 when you say time travel, like I think of like back to the future where it's like, well, right. I'm going to go back in time and then, uh, and then, okay. you know, interact yeah, in yeah. a different time period or affect the future in some way. Whereas like, it's not it, for, because we stick with the flash for the whole thing. We don't, he doesn't really affect the future. He just stops a future from happening. Right. In that moment. Like he just like, Oh, I got to break my one rule. And it's like, yeah, why? Why do you have to break that? Why is it a rule? And we don't really have any con. We know because we know, like, well, he'll flashpoint everything if he if he changes things, right? Um, but also, like, if he hasn't, if flashpoint hasn't happened yet, how does he know that? Why does like who gave him that rule? He well, doesn't talk to anybody about his powers. Maybe we need a movie about the Flash where we get more information. Well, about we do. All we that. have there's that's what yes. they're making, and yeah, it's yeah. Flashpoint. But what I'm saying is that like Flashpoint will take place after this movie, and that doesn't make sense because then like why does he have his one rule if he hasn't Flashpointed yet, right? Like, <clears throat> um, in the Flash TV series, he doesn't. Time travel becomes a problem once he does it and realizes that like, oh, this this can change things pretty drastically. Like one small change right. can actually yeah. have a, a big effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also in The Flash, he has a bunch of people around him that are smarter than he is that caution him against it. And I mean, like, it turns out that one of the spoilers for the first season of The Flash, it turns out that one of them is the reverse Flash, who is Eobard Thawne from the future, who specifically came back to the past in order to rewrite his own future, right? So, you know, like, it's uh, I, the guy telling him not to do it is the guy who's act- actively doing it, but... In any case, I, I hey I, question question for the Flash. Did they yeah. keep did they keep the trope where they made that character a different character every season? Harrison the, Wells, the dude? yeah, Harrison Wells. Yeah, was he, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's he's That's a different, awesome. it's same actor, but it's a different Harrison Wells every season. Awesome. I just love yeah. that so much. I think that's so fun. Yeah, mileage varies for sure. Like, okay, uh, okay. Uh, when he was Sherlock, uh, it what? was not great. Who? He was a French Sherlock. Oh, it was gosh. it was not it no, was not one terrible. of the stronger ones. Sounds terrible. Um, yeah, it was not. I don't know. I like here's the thing. Here's some brutal honesty time. I do not care about the CW verse anymore. Like the Arrowverse <laughs> is dead to me now. I like it. Yeah, I know that it's there, and I know that some people still enjoy it. Um, I only have so much time, and, and I like only so much time to commit to to content. It's like I still haven't finished Star Trek Discovery this season, and I love that show, but I'm like pulled in so many different directions by so many things. It's like. I know that I haven't finished last year's season of the flash. I know that I haven't <laughs> finished Supergirl. Um, I, I haven't even finished legends of tomorrow, which you guys know is my favorite of all of them. Yeah. That and surprises I've got, me. I've got wow. like three episodes left from last season. And I just like, whenever I look at my list of things to watch, there's just always something ahead of it. And that's right. just, that's just the honest truth of it. And so I don't know what's going on this year on the flash. And to be perfectly honest, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Um, Yeah. I feel like it's kind of run its course. That said, 
Superman and Lois is everything and I live for it. And Crystal and I are watching it together and it's been the highlight of our week because we're like, we're carving out time to sit and watch it together. Awesome. And, um, and I'm super bummed because it is on hiatus now while Supergirl does its season. So, um, wow, that wasn't very long at all. I've, so I only watched the first episodes, two episodes. Four oh, episodes. brutal. Uh, yeah. And, okay, so uh, I, and, I have some time to catch up on Yeah, don't worry things, about so. it because, yeah, it's yeah. The, and it's not like it was constructed this way, right? So, like, right. the last episode, every episode, it's a CW show. Every episode ends on a cliffhanger, right? <laughs> but, um, I, with a musical montage of some sort, right? It's that's they, it's like it's in their contract. With they, 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 they can't be a network if it doesn't end with a song <laughs> playing over a cliffhanger um, or a song that plays right up until the last 30 <laughs> seconds where a bad guy like pulls his face off and is a different bad guy and you're like oh my god next week <laughs> um and then and then a preview comes up where they tell you that uh, i don't know watching the cw makes you a cooler person um it'll make your hair fuller and shinier and whatever um it's, it's such a weird network when you don't have to watch it and then you look back on it and you're like I don't understand why this exists I, <laughs> for teenagers primarily. I, but I, yeah, like it, the, the most recent episode just ends like any of the other episodes uh, because it's the reason why they're on a break is because um, COVID shut down the production for a while. And then I, uh, so they just, they just don't have any episodes ready. <laughs> like they're yeah, just not ready. Right. So they're just like, well, we're just going to put Supergirl on right now because it's the last season. And I think it's a short season for Supergirl. So they're like, oh, we'll just do Supergirl. And then we'll, we'll, I think they've split both in two of like, well, then we're going to come back. We're going to finish off Superman and Lois and then we'll finish off Supergirl. I think that's what they have planned. Um, right. So they're just putting Supergirl episodes. It's to me. It sucks for Supergirl fans, of which I am one, right? But but it sucks for the fans who want to watch that like live sort of thing, like right. like on the night, because they're they're getting jerked around, and they're and the final season is not being treated with respect, mm-hmm. um, which is a real bummer. And I think the main reason is just that it costs money, like that that show is expensive compared to some of the other ones, um, and they they very clearly want to put all their money into Superman and Lois um, because that show is, they're putting a lot of cash into that show. Uh, it doesn't look like a CW show. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, justice league. You want me to give my thoughts on justice league now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious to see what you, what you, what you think. Yeah. Um, it's not good. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I like it. But it's not good. I had fun watching it, but it's not good. I don't know what good I, means then. If it, you... it, it, because whether or not I like something doesn't mean that it's necessarily a good thing. Like there are a lot of movies and TV shows that I enjoy watching for camp factor or just because I happen to like an actor that's in it or whatever. Right. One of my favorite TV shows of all time is a show called fast lane. Um, and it's the show that introduced me to Peter Facinelli and uh, uh, which I, most people know him from the twilight movies, which uh, what? He, no, from can't hardly wait. Thank sure, you very well, much. Sure, but mo- I, that's Not, you're right. Yeah, most people know from Twilight. Once again, Amanda, we are we are <laughs> at the point in the podcast where I have to tell you, your opinion does not reflect everyone's <laughs> opinion. So when I say 
most people. I'm not specifically talking about you. Um, so yeah, I do think that most people became aware of him because of, I think that, I think that's the first thing that he was like a character that people recognized that was like seen by a billion people. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he was on a show called fast lane that I watched for a very specific reason. And that reason was, uh, Tiffany Thiessen, uh, <laughs> yeah. Kelly back Kapowski when she, from was Saved it back when she was Tiffany Amber Thiessen or was it? No, it was Tiffany actually Thiessen? one of the first things where she was Tiffany Thiessen, where Ooh, she dropped the Amber. Interesting. Um, interesting. yeah, I, that's what got me in the door. And then the, uh, quick cuts and ridiculous, I, I, outlandish action sequences are what kept me and then the 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 dynamic with with those two characters fast lane's not a good show it's not it's not great and like i don't recommend it to anybody if you like fast and the furious you'd probably enjoy it but but it's not like like i don't when i was younger i would have been like people are dumb for not watching this show but as an as as a as a wizened adult uh, <laughs> at this point heading into middle age i I, I now look at it and go like, mm, this is not for everybody. This is not great. Mm-hmm. It wasn't well made. I just really liked it. It just checked a lot of boxes for me, particularly when I was 18 years old. Fill in the blanks on that one. I, Justice League is very similar of like, I like Ben Affleck as Batman. I love Henry Cavill as Superman. Um, I, I love Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, right? Like these, these things are immutable facts that, that the, the quality of the movie has no bearing on those facts, right? And we now have more, because technically we now have four movies with Henry Cavill playing Superman. Five, if you count his chest, it's not him, but uh, it's that in Superman being Shazam. in Shazam for 30 <laughs> seconds, not even 30 seconds, for like five seconds. I... But he's only one of those movies is good, right? Only one of those movies does justice to that character um, and to that portrayal of the character. And that's Man of Steel, right? Batman v Superman doesn't. Um, it takes it in a completely different direction and spends most of the movie telling us why the world should hate Superman, which as a Superman fan, I'm like, this is yeah, not my idea of a good time. Uh, it's also my least favorite thing for Batman to be doing, which like, I've talked about it before in the animated universe when they introduced Superman into Batman, the animated series, they, they did like a, like a movie, like a, a direct to home video movie. Um, and in it, Batman and Superman definitely start off sort of like on opposite sides of the fence. Right. And, yeah. uh, and there's a great sequence where, uh, where Batman's in Metropolis and he does some stuff and Superman's like, Hey, this is my town. That's not how we do things. <laughs> and he, uh, and he x-rays uh, Bruce's cowl and is like, Oh, Bruce Wayne. Like he kind of just like, <laughs> like in a very, like a lesson that Superman learns at that point, like, like uh, invading his privacy sort of thing. And then the next scene is basically like Superman flying home. And I, 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 you know, changing into Clark Kent and then, and then Bruce, like basically like throwing a batarang at him or something. I can't remember, but he like basically mm-hmm. like lets Superman know, know that he's there. And, uh, and, 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 you know, Clark kind of turns around and he's like, Oh, well played. Like, and, yeah. and like, that's the end of it. Like they kind of, they, they, they have conversations about like having different styles and that sort of thing as it goes. But like, 
they kind of have their tit for tat there and then they move on and it's like well we're both superheroes so let's just like figure out how to work together and to me like i love it when it's that dynamic of like and by the end of it obviously they're best friends because it's superman and batman world's finest right but in in it takes superman dying for batman to be like oh right oh yeah (laughs) i messed up and so then justice league is just him walking around going you guys (laughs) superman was rad what was i doing i was so emo um but yeah, like I just, like this universe doesn't do it for me and and that's that's definitely part of it, but that said, like I can still enjoy the good stuff that's in here. I I also really enjoy Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Um I absolutely detest Ezra Miller as the Flash even before it turned out that Ezra Miller was a deplorable human being. Um Really? See, I I only have that as an echo. Like he's he's entertaining. As... Yeah, I even before that, it's like I didn't, I don't enjoy him in Justice League. I didn't enjoy him in that first uh, uh, Harry Potter prequel, whatever. Which, what was uh, Fantastic Beasts? Oh, I yeah. like he just like just ru- he ruined that movie for me, and that movie's already pretty bad. But like he he takes it down a notch um, into a place where I'm just like I can't stand this film. Um, I don't even know if he's in the second one because I haven't bothered to watch the second one because I I will not watch those movies. I won't subject myself to that. Um, Fair. But yeah, and then I feel like there was something else and my brain has just like wiped it um, from memory. But I think there's something else that he shows up in that I was like. Oh, that Ezra Miller? Yeah, that Ezra Miller shows up in that I was like, nope, don't like him. He's in some movie with, uh, with Emma Watson where he plays like, isn't it Perks of Being a Wallflower? Isn't he in that? I definitely haven't seen that, um, but uh, yeah, I, he is yes, but but I haven't seen that. Um, man, what is oh, is he going to be in Invincible? What a bummer! Um, <laughs> go watch Invincible, everybody. I I yeah, it's awesome that on Amazon Prime. It's so so good. I kept seeing like people post about it. Yeah, uh, it's fantastic. It's so good. You should watch it, Amanda. I think you're going to like it. Okay, um, good to know. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say because there's a lot of stuff all right. in it and I don't want to ruin anything. Um, yeah, I, and then and then Ray Fisher as Cyborg, I don't know. I could take it or leave it, to be honest. Like, I, I don't think that he does a bad job. I think he's a very good actor. Um, I, but I don't think I like this characterization of Cyborg. Uh, I, there, there are two other prominent characterizations of of cyborg one is as the leader of the teen titans where he's like he's he's the leader and uh and and fills that role and and is uh sort of like a commanding force within that alongside robin um but then there's the the teen titans animated uh both like the original animated one from the early 2000s and then I uh, and then um, Teen Titans Go, uh, which is like the more ridiculous, silly Adventure Time style one um, where he is a ridiculous character that says Booyah all the time. And uh, I I like that one a lot more than any of the other ones because he's got some actual like flavor to him. 
I, I, or he tends to be a pretty dry character in the comics. Um, but I, even when he's a dry character, he's not quite as, I don't know, just kind of like flavorless and tasteless as, as he is, uh, in, in justice league where it's just like, it's very much one note of like, I got turned into a cyborg and I'm real bummed about it. And it's like, in Teen Titans, the cartoon, like in the animated stuff, it's it, there's definitely moments where he's like, oh, I wish I had my human body so I could play football again. But then there are moments where he's like, hey, I can fly. I have rocket feet. Uh, and he's <laughs> like, it's super rad. Um, and now I can throw a football around the planet. Right. Um, and this version of Cyborg in Justice League is arguably way more powerful than any of the other ones that have come before, because the story kind of dictates that he has to be. Um I, I, in order to accomplish everything that they accomplish, right? Right. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it just, it just, look, it, he was definitely a lot uh, less well utilized. I don't know, worse utilized. He wasn't utilized <laughs> as well. That's the way that that sentence should have been constructed. That's, yeah, that's a good, um, that's, that's it. In, in, in Whedon's Justice League. But Whedon's Justice League is a garbage truck on fire. I uh, like on a on a battleship that's sinking like 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 that movie is doing everything wrong at every turn like like it is just awful um and I've only seen it the one time and I and and again just like the 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 cri- crimes of Grindelwald I'm not going to subject myself to garbage like that right like it just like the CW stuff. I just, there's so many great things. and I only have so much time. I'm not, I thought about like, Oh, should I go back and watch Joss Whedon's justice league again? It's like, no, I don't need to confirm that. I don't like the movie. I don't like the movie. Um, having way more time with cyborg definitely makes his story more meaningful and more impactful. Is it the story that I want them to tell? Not necessarily. Like, do do I feel like this really serves the 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 Snyder verse DC constellation? Not really. Like, I like I don't I don't see where, as opposed to when we look at the MCU and when new characters get introduced to that, and it's like we talked about, like Guardians of the Galaxy comes in and changes everything up. It's like it can be so different and so out there, but then like like it enriches everything else to get like like this story about these characters that are way out in space. And 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 like and, you know, like. At this point now in 2021, I can point to exactly why adding Guardians of the Galaxy into that stew made the whole thing better. And it's because Thanos would not have worked in the way that he works in Infinity War if we hadn't already spent time in that world with the Guardians. And the Guardians get us there with with chuckles and yuck yucks. So we go like, okay, whatever, you know, a talking raccoon, right? Like, like (laughs) we we allow ourselves to go to that place. And so those characters serve a purpose as well as having their own fully fleshed out and interesting story. Right. When they bring in Cyborg to this world as as a member of the Justice League, it's like, well, if they were bringing him in as a teenager and setting up that like, hey, 
there's this whole other world of teenage superheroes to set up and 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 like tee us up for Teen Titans. Then he like in the larger scheme of things, he would have a purpose for me. But he doesn't have that purpose because he's not setting that up because he would not work in that world. Right? Like, like 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 I don't like I don't want to see the version of Teen Titans that he's a part of because it would be everything that I hate about the new 52 reboot when they did that right. with Teen Titans where like every one of the Teen Titans all of a sudden is like anti-establishment like like if, the thing about new 52 is that the new 52 is all the worst part of 90s comics but with a, a, a like 2010s spin on it and it did like i you guys if you've been listening to these podcasts for long enough you know it does not work for me i there's nothing about new 52 that that was redeemable for me um i shouldn't say that the swamp thing animal man stuff was pretty cool but it was so disconnected from everything else i and it those are two characters that nobody cared about so i but yeah like it just i feel like the snyder stuff borrows so much on new 52 and that jim lee uh jeff johns ideology of storytelling and it's one of the reasons why it doesn't do it for me because everything's dark everything's gritty everything's mature it's so it's trying so hard to be antithetical to the way that marvel does stuff to the way that marvel studios runs that um it's kind of like what we were saying about falcon and the winter soldier where it's like every five seconds they're reminding you that Cap's not in this. In in the Snyderverse, every five minutes they're like, "Hey, hey, this isn't the MCU, guys." Okay, our characters can say the f word, and it's like, yeah, but should they? Like, <laughs> like, but why? Like, it doesn't like because it didn't it didn't make Batman cooler to drop f bombs in this movie, right? Like, it, it he also to me wasn't the character to do it. If somebody was going to drop an f bomb, it should have been Aquaman. Right. Like, cause, yeah, cause yeah. like an F yeah, would have been cool coming from him. Like it would have been fun. I would have enjoyed that. I Aquaman is lost in this version of justice league. <laughs> a like, little bit, yeah. Hey. Like, I mean, like, is he in there? More. I don't know. He they does did, a thing once with a trident, I he, guess. They do. They do some more stuff in the, with the, I do kind of miss the him sitting on the lasso. <laughs> truth yes. moment i will say that that was one of my favorite things from the whedon version so i'm a little bit sad that that's not in this version but uh right i didn't miss it right it's, it's not in this yeah version. no yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah yeah but it's uh yeah they didn't they didn't use him very much in it but i i liked what i got from the flash and from cyborg in return because we've already seen the full Aquaman movie, so I don't need to see yeah. more of him. It's right? so weird. Like the whole the way that all of this works is so weird. <laughs> because it's like this is a remake of a movie that already came out, but it's not actually a remake because they didn't like it just this just most of this of... already existed. So <laughs> yeah. it's what the movie was originally supposed to be, but like like on the one hand and what I've been saying is like, man, like for anything else that I give Zack Snyder garbage for like, like, like I, like I, I, I take him to task for, um, I absolutely admire that he came back and he got this done. Right. And that he had the absolute gumption to go. It's a four hour and two minute movie. Uh, on streaming in, 
IMAX format for the whole thing, even though we know all of you have widescreen high def TVs. I was shooting this for IMAX, so that's what you're getting. <laughs> even though it's not coming out in IMAX. Yeah. Like, like I absolutely admire him for sticking to that vision and completing the job, especially under the circumstances. And I don't just mean the death of his daughter. That is a part of it, but also the way that he was treated by Warner Brothers, the way that he was treated by DC. And for him to come back and go, the fans want this. And that's who I make these movies for. Right. Right. Yeah. I love that about Zack Snyder. I didn't like, think I that love I would, that. I didn't think that I would like Zack Snyder this many years past. I, like, th- this is the thing. Like, this is such a weird. He, he makes shit. a lot of choices that I don't agree with. Yeah. But I do like him. And that's where I go. Like, I like this movie. I like, I like, it's definitely better than Joss Whedon's <laughs> full on <laughs> end of statement. But like regardless of all of that it's just like this is a four-hour movie like like we break a lot of rules in order to in order to to pull it off it has no structure none whatsoever it's not a three act it's not a five act i don't like it it follows no traditional structure (laughs) that i can find like when people are like, what is it? And I, like, like, is it a good movie? And I go, it's not a good movie. Cause it's not a movie. Mm-hmm. A movie like fits within certain parameters. And, and maybe that's being uh, uh, sort of uh, dogmatically strict, but, but to me, it's like, like a movie should be a single sitting it, like, like that even Titanic, you can sit through it in one, right? Like, and yeah, it came in two VHS copies. I, I, Gen Z, ask your older cousins, I guess, what a VHS was. But I, I, we had to put these cassette things into a box, and then it was tape winding through things. Um, when we we're done, you have to rewind it in order to watch it again. You can't just hit play. I, it was crazy. Can you, man? Do you ever think about that? You ever think about the? You finish a movie and you're like, I want to watch Empire Strikes Back again, but <laughs> I have to wait three minutes. I got to wait three minutes for this tape to rewind itself before I can start watching That's, the Empire Strikes Back again. I just, no, I haven't <sighs> thought of that in a lot. That would have, that was frustrating though. I remember even though like. My kids don't even have to put a DVD in. <laughs> they're just like, they're just like play for me the Paw Patrol. And then the TV goes Paw Patrol coming up. They don't even have to push a button. <laughs> it's just. I don't begrudge them for it. I just, I just wish that I had it. That's all. Um, but yeah, what was I talking about? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's not a movie to me. It's like the best that I can compare it to is that this is an opera. It's the, like music is so integral to the way that this story is told. You want to talk when you, when I say that this is not good, right. And it's not a good movie. Mm-hmm. The number one thing that I will point to is the fact that we stop every 30 to 45 minutes for a music video. I remember you messaging me that as you were watching it, and I hadn't quite gotten to the Flash bit yet. Flash has <laughs> one. So all, of the, every, they, all of the main characters have one. one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where, like, where he like stops the movie 
and it serves no purpose. It doesn't move story forward. Uh, flashes kind of serves a purpose. Yeah, but, Flashes but is great. It's you good. Had said, but you had said that, and then I watched it, and I was like, the hot dogs yeah, are too much. For I mean, the me. hot dogs it's are like, too much, but they're they're there for a reason. Like he gives them to the dogs. And I will say the one that I found was ridiculous was the like I thought it was an anomaly, but like it was the like singing women at the side of the shore with Aquaman. Like well, that Aquaman was... Aquaman gets two right because he gets yeah. he gets that, and then like and then he also gets like a um after I think after I'd have to watch it again, which I'm not going to, I <laughs> at least not anytime soon. I'll give us some time to breathe. But I think after the moment after he goes and deals with with I. Uh, his meeting with um with Willem Dafoe with the Green Goblin, and he's like, "You gotta be the guy that you're supposed to be," because I made a promise to your mom, and right. he's like, "I don't want to do that." And uh, <laughs> and then he goes and like stands on a rock like the Little Mermaid, and the water splashes him, um, <laughs> yeah. which is a different scene. And it's just it is just like a solid two to three minutes of slow motion Jason Momoa getting splashed with water as a really bad alt rock song plays. And I'm just like, like what I said to you and I tweeted this, I think I is like, I can't help but think that this movie would be a lot better if Zack Snyder had better taste in music. And then the suicide squad trailer came out over the weekend. And I, I, my, and, and like proved my point because James Gunn has exquisite taste in music Right. And the Guardians movies wouldn't be what they are without that. And even in Infinity War, uh, the moments that we get with with the music, it's like like James Gunn pulls songs that it's like, I don't know if I've ever heard this before, but like, how have I never heard this song before? Right. Right. And then some stuff that's like so ingrained in pop culture. But then, like, he puts it into a movie and it's got this twist to it. And then it's the Suicide Squad trailer comes out and the song, I don't even know what song it is that's playing in the back of it. But it is just, like, it just hits a tone so perfectly. And you're just like, oh, my God, this is so good. I can't wait for this movie. It does look And I hope rad. that there are awesome yeah. needle drops in Suicide Squad. And I think that Zack Snyder thinks that that's what he's doing, right? <laughs> but the consensus online is that he doesn't have good taste in music because it's just like a bunch of dudes in affliction t-shirts uh, that, that think that they're bikers, but don't have motorcycles. Like it's like, that's who this appeals to. Right. It's like, like, I don't, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, it's not me. I know that. Like, it's <laughs> not me. I know that there are people out there who are definitely like, yeah, that's a good jam. Uh, but uh, and that's exactly how they talk about it. They're like, "Oh man, good jam. check out good that jam. riff! Uh, <laughs> solid, solid jam." Um, and that's that's not who I am as a human being. <laughs> I I and yeah, it just it doesn't work. I don't I don't think that any of the musical choices like add to the characters. I don't think that they. I don't think that they add to the movie. It certainly doesn't keep things moving. And and when you when you make the decision of like we're just going to go as long as we go, it's like you lose I thought we've talked about this before. It's like I think that restriction often um I mean like it can go too far, but oftentimes when 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 you have to put something in a box and restrict its movement, like creatively you have to you have to really flex right right 
And I think what happened here is that because of circumstances, Zack Snyder was given free reign and they just like, they didn't even give him the rope to hang himself. They just, they just cut the rope. They were just like, do whatever the hell you want. Like it doesn't matter because people are going to come to the platform for it. So just do whatever. It doesn't matter. And, uh, and he did. And so there's a lot of stuff in this movie that it's just like, this is not, this isn't doing anything like no, nobody at any point was like, Hey, we want to make sure that like, we're hitting a time. So like, like kill your babies, right? Like, like you, you have to do that in, in filmmaking. It's a part of the process. Right. And oftentimes, you know, stuff hits the cutting room floor and, I, I always love going through deleted scenes and going like, wow, I wish that was in the movie, but more often than not, I'm sitting there going like, yeah, there's a reason they cut that. Like you think about where that falls in the movie and what the next scene is, it's like that would have totally killed the momentum or that would have totally taken this in a different direction. One of my favorite things is uh, return of the Jedi has a, has a deleted scene that we didn't get until the Blu-ray release. And it's Luke building his lightsaber and it would have been it would have been the beginning of the film right and it's luke like like he's i i sort of tweaking his lightsaber putting it together and as he is he's it's intercut with like it's sort of fading back and forth between vader and him and vader's like like saying like luke like join me like like he's trying to connect with him and and luke kind of trying to to shut him out and then he finishes his lightsaber, puts it together and ignites it. And you see the green blade for the first time. This would have done two things. It would have totally destroyed the moment on the sail barge when Luke, like when R2 oh, yeah, flips like the, the lightsaber yeah. to him and he grabs it and he ignites that lightsaber for the first time and it's green. And you're like, wait, what? Lightsabers can be green? Now it's mm-hmm. now who cares? Everybody's got different colored lightsabers. But back in the day, it was like there was red, there was blue. That was it. And then all of a sudden Luke's got green. What does that mean? Cause the good guys had blue, the bad guys had red. It, it totally takes away that moment. Right. What it also does is it puts us in a position of going like, is Luke a bad guy? I think Luke's a bad guy. Wow. Whereas like, there's a little bit of that at the beginning of return of the Jedi when, when he comes in and he's choking the guards, but, but then he comes into the palace and he's like, and he presents himself as a Jedi Knight. And you're like, no, this is Luke It's Luke Skywalker. Right. He's a hero. But it like that scene's very ominous, and Luke is very hard to read in it intentionally, right? Like I think that's in the performance is that we're not supposed to know, um, and and it totally would have changed the tone of the movie, right? And and so it's like like stuff like that. Although that scene is fantastic and I love it, it definitely does not deserve to be in Return of the Jedi. It it needed to be cut in order for that movie to be the movie that it is in order for it to work as well as it does. And there are a lot of things in justice league Snyder cut that, that definitely if you remove them or slightly change the context with a different musical cue, like, I don't know, a good score for instance, um, which is kind of lacking in this movie. Um, I, I think it, I think the whole thing overall would be way, way stronger, but and I think you could have cut it down. I think if there wasn't as much slow-mo and if there weren't these stupid musical interludes, I think that you cut that movie down to to like probably like 315. 
And and if it were 315, that's a movie that you could release in the theaters. It's definitely a movie that's like a long haul, but but Endgame is almost three hours, right? Like, or maybe it's over. Um I'm sure that like with with the credit sequence and everything, it's probably over three hours. So like like that's doable as opposed to four hours and two minutes which is like uh, no one's gonna sit in the theater for that long without an intermission right but it's um, a different t- i don't know the thing i like about the scope of the film like i get everything you're saying is true right that there's a lot of slow-mo <laughs> a lot yeah. of song sequences but i like the shift that it single it signals in being able to create content for a different kind of consumption yeah. And just like totally reimagining what it is that audiences can and will watch. Because if you give it to me in my house, I can start watching it before I film Crazy Eights and I can finish it when I'm done. <laughs> like I just I get to watch it at my house, I get to watch it when I want. I get like it I, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot there's a lot of that that is sort of really I don't know, exciting to me. And and then it doesn't grate on me. It doesn't bother me that there was slow motion in these song sequences because I knew what I was getting into. I sat down and I was like, okay, this is going to be a four-hour thing. And there were breaks. There were parts. So it's like, hey, here's a chance for you to take a break if you feel so inclined. And if you don't want to, keep going. And that's sure. what happened. Like, because the first part I watched with Nate and we just, and he was like, do you want to keep going? And I was like, yeah, I got one more in me. And then you would sit and you would watch the thing and then you make, you can like, it gives you the opportunity where they're like, this is a time that you can pause if you feel so inclined. Otherwise, just keep playing. They don't judge you and ask you if you're still there. <laughs> but anyways, sorry, that's a that's a jab on Netflix. <laughs> I haven't I haven't gotten a Are you still watching this from Netflix in a long time? Mm-hmm. Um, I think because I think that they increased it. I think they made it uh, uh, more reasonable. Of like, hey, <laughs> you've just watched six episodes of Community. <laughs> are you still watching this or did you fall asleep yeah. because the answer is i fell asleep yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i i yeah i i don't know like it i i'm with you on that and we've been talking about this a lot we talked about this on our wandavision recap right that like we're in a new era and and these aren't tv shows and they're not movies and there's something in between and I, and i do think that justice league is um when we talk about evolution, you, you have, I, I, man, what's the term? Oh, it's, I don't know what you're trying to say, so I can't help you. It's symmetry. It's something about symmetry, but it's, it's, it's symmetry that happens like, like independent. Like, like it's, it's the same as like, like when we talk about like, uh, like deep impact and Armageddon came out in the same year and it's like, like oh, yeah, people yeah, just yeah. came to the same idea at the same time. And like, it was just sort of zeitgeisty of like, Hey, an, an asteroid destroys the uh, Dante's peak and volcano. Happen right. At the yeah, same yeah, time, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 But a few summers in a row, there were like the big blockbuster. There was always two of them. Mm-hmm. I, I, and there, there's a thing in evolution where it's like, where two animals might evolve the same thing. Like for instance, birds and bats, right? Both animals evolve flight and they evolve it for the same reasons, but they evolve it on two along two totally different lines. Right. Um, and so like the, the, the mechanics of it might be similar. And um, I, Oh, the better example is, is uh, hummingbirds and, um, and, and, and I think it's like wasps or dragonflies or something like that. Like their wing movements are almost identical, but they're obviously on completely different evolutionary 
branches right Mm -hmm. um but like they evolved the same mechanic because there's only so many ways that something can exist right within physics (laughs) like it's just the way that it goes and i think that we're in a similar place here with um you look at like what netflix is doing what um what amazon prime is doing what disney plus is doing and now what what hbo max is doing they're all trying to solve for the same problem but they all have slightly different evolutionary advantages right like netflix created the binge model right like that's why it exists is because of netflix dropping a whole season at once and it's like oh man we can just watch all of stranger things right now right yeah and that has an advantage of like hey you can tell a story that that is meant to be consumed like rapidly right hey actually do you think they're gonna do that because everybody's now transitioning into these like slow well and but that's the thing is that is that like where that works really well for the story i think i think that stranger things definitely benefits from that right it's one of the reasons Mm -hmm. why it became what it became and a bunch of stuff did right where it's like oh well we can just watch this all at once certainly like shows that 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 i arrested development's a really great example of like it it died on Fox. Yeah. No one was watching it. It had horrible ratings. Um, not that ratings mean anything. We now know, but I, I it moved to Netflix, and all of a sudden, like it became one of the like ne- Arrested Development was one of the first binge worthy shows, where like people got into it and they were like, "Oh my god, I can't watch just one episode of this show." Right. Like people who love Arrested Development, like it's like crack. Like you watch an episode and you're like, just one more, just one more, because it's just so fast and snappy and funny. Um, Which and, we should and, actually, we we um, uh, Mallory Archer. I don't remember the actress's name. Oh, um, yeah. Now that yeah. you've said that, now her actual name is gonna escape me. Um, yeah, yeah. She Jessica did, she, Walter. Jessica Walter. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, she yeah, she did pass away the other day which uh a legend i i she i i i i don't know if this got confirmed but i think i think it was eric goldman on twitter posted that she played she may have played the first live action marvel comics villain ever um in the the doctor strange movie from the 1970s Uh, she she played uh morgana lefay uh in that and um I uh, yeah I uh, because they they had done Captain America and they had done Spider Man before that there are these awful movies from the 1970s that you can go dig up uh, on YouTube and stuff and see how awful they are they're not great um but they they created characters created villains for those stories they didn't use existing ones so it's not like Spider Man fought Doctor Octopus he just fought like whatever right um. <laughs> right. But yeah, so she was like, like uh, Eric Oldman was saying, like, I, I, that she may very well be the first, like, comic book supervillain to be portrayed on screen, like, like in live action, which is, which is such a cool little tidbit. And, and for a lot of people, it was probably the first time that they ever saw her, whether they remember that or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, even if you just take like the last couple of years, um, uh, like the last decade or so, like, like, uh on archer and and arrested development like that would be enough to celebrate her but she's got such a great career um yeah for sure i i 
but yeah, what was I talking about? Oh, like binge a stuff recipe, beyond yeah. Netflix um, and creating that model. Um, and then, but, but yeah, like it, now we're seeing like, oh, it doesn't really work for marketing, right? It's not the, it's not the best thing for marketing. It might work really well for story and for, um, f- for getting people on board. It's definitely awesome. But, uh, but is it, is it a sustainable model? So Disney is like, well, we're going to do one episode at a time because what we want is we want people on our platform in perpetuity, right? So that's their whole, that's the whole point of all of this MCU stuff and all of this Star Wars stuff is, hey, a new episode every week, come back every week, right? Right. They're big on that. And, and I love it. I personally like it better because I like having something to look forward to. Um, I think Amazon Prime might have actually figured out the best of both worlds where they will often drop the first three episodes like they did with the boys and they did with Invincible where it's like I was able to watch three hours of Invincible. Well, not quite three hours, but almost three hours of Invincible on its first night. And it was awesome because that first episode ends and you're like, I really, really want more of this. And three episodes I feel like is perfect. I think they, they, I think they tested it. And I think that they came to the conclusion of like, this is the exact right amount to get someone hooked on a show because it was very similar with, I mean, like I didn't get into the boys until after the first season, like when season two was coming out, but I definitely watched like the first three episodes and then dropped off. And I'm sure that they had metrics on that. They looked at the science and went like, yeah, people watch the first three episodes. If they don't make it through the first three, they're not coming back. If they watch the first three, we'll have like they're gonna finish the series. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good that's a good metric. Actually. I, I guarantee yeah. that they look because Amazon as a company is all about this that UX uh experimentation. So I I like that to me sounds exactly like something that they like a conclusion that they would draw. And and I think that they know that. Disney doesn't have to. This is one of the things is that Disney is playing with a stack deck. When you're talking about the MCU, when you're talking about Star Wars, they don't care. They really don't care. And I don't know, is is we were gonna talk about Mighty Duck Game Changers. Is it the whole season or is it episode by is it week by week? Um it's one episode. It's one episode. Okay, so one episode a week, yeah. That's interesting to me because I think that that's one where it's like it this would probably work better if you guys put the whole season out. Yeah. Um I, I feel like that as well, but but uh you know. but with the MCU stuff and the Star Wars stuff, it's like you know I'm back every week. Like you know I am. I there's no there's no point in 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 beating around the bush on this. It's like I'm you've got me. I'm hooked. I I yeah, the Disney doesn't have to care. But with Netflix, I think maybe there is an element there of like a lot of what Netflix is doing is more on the experimental side. It's more Netflix is definitely creating more franchises than it is adapting. Um, and they've gotten into adapting stuff more recently, but Amazon is very much like, Hey, we're going to take a, an existing property like Jack Ryan and we're going to make new Jack Ryan stories. Right. We're going to, we're going to take the boys and we're going to adapt it into a show. We're going to take invincible and adapt it. Um, whereas like stranger things is a thing that didn't exist before it existed. right? Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I it, but but I feel like Justice League fits in this weird HBO Max has no idea what they're doing. That's let's be <laughs> really clear about that. These other these three other three companies are like, "Hey, 
we're kind of figuring this out. We've got our, we've got our strategies that we're testing. Whereas HBO max, just like everything that Warner brothers does, it really just feels like they're like, Hey, we're going to launch a streaming platform. Mm -hmm. And they, and they were like, do we have a streaming platform? And they're like, no. Okay. We'll build one. They're like, okay. Did we build it? Yeah, we built it. Cool. Launch it. Do we have any content? Uh, no, we don't have any content for this platform. Uh, does anybody have Zack Snyder's phone number? Cause, cause HBO max launched forever ago. Right. And it launched with like nothing exclusive that anybody cared about. It was like, their big thing was like, Hey, Hey, we stole friends from Netflix. And it's like, <laughs> so like, yeah. Okay. Um, we've all been watching like friends on repeat for the last like six years on Netflix. So much. I do it all the time. But here's the thing. <laughs> friends left netflix and for us in canada went to crave i haven't watched a single episode and i haven't missed it you know what happened new girl just moved right into that spot it just it just shifted right into that spot because because crave doesn't work on all of my tvs it works on my uh my amazon fire tvs but it doesn't work on uh like there's not an app on the lg tv in the other room and the crave app sucks it's awful <laughs> like it's it is it's a it's a real headache to navigate and uh, i watch it on my actual cable because i have <laughs> it through cable so Weirdo. i have to like i have to like use my second remote that's the barrier for me the the barrier for me is that am i using the right word that's yeah, the that's I'm a barrier. Yeah. yeah, is that I d- if I have to switch remotes and it's like everything that's on the apps I can access with my TV remote and then if I have to switch to cable it's just like a whole thing. But it's yeah. tr- like it's just so weird how these little things in life were just becoming so complacent and it's like but it's true it's harder for me to watch Friends and I do sometimes I I will I just like love it so much so I do watch it on uh, I do watch it on Crave. But it's like, I didn't know how much I watched Friends until I realized that I had to watch it on a different platform. Yeah. I'm so used to just putting it on in the background. And so instead, I rewatched The Good Place again. I've rewatched The Good Place like four times since it ended. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I've, 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 I have officially, as of last night, made it around the horn for the fourth time on Community. Nice. Uh, nice. Which, like, for The Good Place, that's only, that's what, four seasons? But they're yeah, short seasons. Right they're 13 they're episodes, yeah. right? And, and granted, I skip around a bit. Like, I, there are certain episodes I'll skip and all that stuff. So it's like... Um, for for Community, there's a lot of episodes of Community. Just, yeah. <laughs> despite NBC's best efforts, there's a lot of episodes <laughs> of Community. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like, I've yeah, I've made it through it four times since the pandemic started. Um but uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, that just says how much I love community and how great a show it is. Anyway, so I, I guess we should finish talking about Justice League, right? We're kind of all <laughs> over the map on this one. Um, so yeah, this is this is how we'll how we'll cap it off. Um, now that we have Zack Snyder's vision of Justice League and the way that this story was supposed to unfold, and obviously there are a few things in this version that um i uh, it changes things going forward for example dark side is obviously now like an a legit part of this story we actually get to see him um do we care to see more of him i uh, that's that's question 1 a uh, question 2 the continuing story with superman and and lois lane i i is that something that like we we need now we need to get closure? Is she pregnant? On that. Yeah. 
that's what that's, we're. I believe that's what we're supposed to supposed to take to, from that. To take, because yeah. that's like brutal. <laughs> I don't know. Did she? Anyways. It's, yeah. Like, do we get more? This is the other thing. Also, like all this future stuff. It's like he wrote like seven movies in one, and then only showed us the one movie. Yeah. I don't know. Um. Like. Yeah, I I heard an interesting take that was like they should have made so the epilogue, right? Like the yeah. the the basically the post credit scene with the the post apocalyptic uh, uh, Superman has destroyed the world version. Um, that I I heard this take that like that's what they should have started with for Justice League that like. Oh. If you want to be antithetical to to the Avengers, then start there. Start with the remains of the Justice League, like who's still alive, right? And set up the stakes for why Batman feels like he has to kill Superman, right? Like it, because if we had started there, can you imagine then going into Batman v Superman and getting oh, into yeah. it of like? Because then it's like clearly, yeah. yeah, it's like like write a little bit more into the story of like this is how this is how Batman and the Flash manage to get all of those memories into past Bruce's head, and so he sees what the world becomes as a result of Superman, and in the wake of Man of Steel, it's like well, obviously um and so that propels him on the path it's like oh now now we get to see why right and like now we can actually understand this and relate to this because we've spent some time in this world um where he's like fighting alongside the joker in order to, to defeat superman and dark side um is that supposed to be jason todd by the way joker yeah i that's never been uh, actually because he, he references the orphan that died or whatever. Right? Yeah, I think that they did confirm that they that Jared Leto's Joker is not Jason Todd. Really? Um, because yeah, I mean, like that would have been the best way to tell that story and for that to make for that version of Joker to make more sense. When people said that back when Suicide Squad was coming out, I was like, that would be rad. That would be an awesome place that to take that story. That would a really good one. I thought that that's what we had decided, that we wanted it to be that. I think maybe I you and I had that. talked about that at some point in time. But then, yeah, I think that the, the director of Suicide Squad, um, David Ayer, I think he confirmed at some point that that's not the case, that 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 Jared Leto's Joker did kill Jason Todd. That's who he's referring to, right? Like, that's what he's talking about there is that he killed Jason Todd. Um but the thing about Jason Todd existing is that it implies the existence of Dick Grayson. And if Dick Grayson <laughs> exists, then how come we don't get any of that in any of the story? Like it just, man, it, this, the Snyder verse is just such a mess, right? Like it, it maybe because they haven't thought it through and everybody just gets to do whatever they want. And it's the wild west. They, so. they skipped the wrong stuff. And, and, and <laughs> like, I get like, hey, like let's fly, let's fast forward because we kind of know these stories already. But at the same time, it's like you can't just you can't just put a Robin suit in the Batcave with ha 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 written all over it, and then just go like, yep, Robin's dead. <laughs> it's like okay, which Robin? Like, yeah, like what are you yeah, talking yeah. about? Like, is this like like? Anyways, I. So for me, do, do I need closure on these stories? No, I don't. 
I don't. I need the Snyderverse. I need what Warner Brothers is doing with DC right now. I need it to come to an end. I need them to stop. I need I need the Batman to not happen because I don't think that it's going in the direction that I would like to see these stories go. I think oh, it's actually... Yeah, I, I think the Batman's going to be very regressive. I think it's going to be a, a, a bad copy-paste job of, of the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, I totally forgot it was coming. Yeah. I totally forgot about it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I I would love to see more stories with Henry Cavill as Superman, but I would also love to see it just completely reimagined. Like, let's see, like, yeah, we can stick with him as the as the the actor, but like, let's rebuild the universe around him. My one hope is that Flashpoint is going to do that. Is that Flashpoint will? Well, that's the whole purpose of Flashpoints is so that you can get a reset. Yeah, but it, it's so funny because Flashpoint is what created the new Fifty Two, and I, my hope is that Flashpoint can unnew Fifty Two, the DCEU. <laughs> uh, put that on a bumper sticker. I, uh, because yeah, like I just I. What what are our favorite DCEU films, right? Like 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 real quick like what's like the top three because for me oh it's it's birds of prey oh and yeah, then yeah, yeah. and then shazam yeah and then man of steel right like that to me is like those are the only three that are good yeah i mean like i think that you can make a case for the first wonder woman right but oh sorry i really like the first wonder woman and yeah. i would actually put it um ooh, that becomes hard now Wonder yeah. Woman or Birds of Prey? Ooh. Oh, Wonder I Woman. for me, I Birds of Prey is easily number one. I don't think that really? they've made a better movie yet than Birds of Prey. I yeah. really liked Wonder Woman though. So mine is Wonder Woman. Um, I think. And I and I think that Suicide Squad is gonna come in, or the Suicide Squad is gonna come in, and uh, and and definitely gonna give Birds of Prey a, a run for its money. But, um. Yeah, I mean, like, like when I look at it, it's like what are the movies that are that I like in the DCEU are the ones that are a little bit lighter and a little bit more fun, and then Man of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but even Man of Steel is not as <sighs> Man of Steel is very angsty, but it's not as depressing as Batman v Superman or Justice oh. League. Which are very much like the world is broken and horrible. So what's the point in even saving it? <laughs> right. Whereas like Man yeah. of Steel was very much like, 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 let's tell a story about what it's like to for a man to be God. Right. Like, like that's that's the that's the sort of attitude of Man of Steel. Um, and, and, you know, like what, like, like the responsibility of that. And that's why Jonathan Kent is so different in the story and and all of that. But um so like I I like the 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 place that that occupies. I don't think that that tone has a future um, in the DCEU for me. Like I would much rather see something else. So so hopefully the Flash can like mess everything up with Flashpoint and then come back and we can have this world where it's like yeah these actors can still continue to be these characters or, or a mix of them. Cause I mean, like apparently Michael Keaton coming back as Batman, everybody thinks that that means that he's replacing Ben Affleck. And I'm like, I don't think that that's what they're going for, but all right. Um, I, uh, I didn't hear that news. I don't know what you're referencing. Oh, you didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Michael no. Keaton plays Batman in 
Flashpoint. What? Well, okay. Sorry. I'm maybe taking a leap that, that, that isn't necessarily there. I'm reading into it. Michael Keaton has been cast as someone in Flashpoint. I think that they said 1989 Batman. I think that that might be a misdirect. I think that he might actually be playing Thomas Wayne. Um, oh. uh, like a version of Thomas Wayne, because in Flashpoint, in the comics, one of the things that changes when Flash saves his mother is that instead of Th- instead of Thomas and Martha dying in in Crime Alley, Bruce is the one who gets shot. So Bruce oh, dies, yeah. and that sends Thomas on a path of v- vigilante hero. Right. And he's like a he's a Batman with a gun. So he, he like he's much more like like <gasps> I'm going to. We didn't even talk about that in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, how much it bothered me. The gun use. Anyway, sorry. Carry, carry on. <laughs> OK. Yeah, um, carry and on. then and then and then Martha Wayne becomes the joker like she she becomes a version of the joker what? in that story yeah cool um because because bruce dies and it drives her insane right oh. so she uh, uh it, it actually it adds fuel to the fire for some fan theories that that the joker and like in some incarnations and in fact in the movie the joker like they they play with this in a different way but that bruce and the joker are actually related that they're like actually brothers oh. in in a certain way um but it's like so so that that the flashpoint version of martha i can't remember what her character's name is she because she has like a like a pseudonym right um but i i yeah like that so that i think that they might be like misdirecting us that like at some point maybe we get to see him as 1989 old man version of, of 1989 Batman. But I think that we more likely will get to see him as like a present day um, Thomas Wayne who in the Batman costume. Um, Cause that, I think that would be really cool. I think that, that'd be a fun thing to explore. There's a whole bunch of people cast in, in flashpoint. Has, has it started filming? I, like, I like that's the thing is that like, I don't even know where flashpoint is at. Like this movie, yeah. they've been making this movie for like five they've been making this movie as long as like they've been making dceu stuff they've been making this flash movie pretty much um the flash where are we at in the flash it comes out next year it but (laughs) it it says 2022 on imdb it also says that it's still in pre-production i so on on imdb in the cast list we have uh, ben Affleck as Batman slash Bruce Wayne. We have Ezra Miller, obviously, as Barry Allen, The Flash. We've got Kiersey Clemens coming back as Iris West. Um, is, and so that's the same girl that is yeah, in. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Because she was. She Michael was... Keaton also as Batman, Bruce Wayne. Uh, Sasha, Sasha Callie, uh, Callie, I, I can't remember. We, we, we went over the, this. Oh, right. We went over this. Uh, as Supergirl, right? Um Ron Livingston is Henry Allen, which I don't think did he, did he didn't play, did he play his dad in Justice League? I don't know who Ron Livingston is. Uh, the guy from Office Space. No, no, no. The guy, no, the guy that's his dad is the is the other guy, the uh Billy Kudrup. Yeah, Billy Crudup. Yeah, Crudup. so 
Holy, I've been saying his name wrong in my head for years. I full on thought it was Kudrup. It's I... Kudrup. Did they did they recast Henry L? Is that? I guess. Am I, am I? This is from from three days ago. This is some breaking news. I'm I'm confused now. I'm. Yeah. Kieran this Hines like, played Steppenwolf. Of... Yeah, that's, I knew that. That's I knew that. I did that didn't come through in the performance. Um oh, it makes sense why Steppenwolf is such a compelling character in in this version though. Um, um no, he played it in the original too. No, I know, but it was all oh, cut. All the would, good yeah, stuff yeah. was cut. Yeah. All he <laughs> I mean, all yeah. he does is go, I'm Steppenwolf, I'm a bad guy, and then <laughs> yeah, they fight yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. I I I I'm trying Yeah, man. I think it's I think that's breaking news. Is that breaking news? Or did it's, we just it's from it's from five days ago? We just scooped ourselves. Yeah, uh, uh, interesting. Because you just um, sort of said it nonchalantly, and I was like, I think that that's not man a thing okay. that I knew. Scrolling through, scrolling through IMDb for Justice League, and scrolling through the section that is all of the Amazons, um, just reminds me that we need to talk about that segment because. Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, like a lot of it we already got in the in the previous version, but we get way more time with that. And uh, it is just another great place to stop and say, oh, man, <laughs> those Amazons. Oh, boy. I, th- th- that stuff is incredible. And the 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 women in those scenes are just like mind blowing. I mean, like, that was my that that sequence of chasing it on the horses is is my is sort of like when I saw that in the first one it was the standout for me where i'm like that was just so fun like how you tell but what i really love again this was one of the first times where like the the nuance of the stakes was just there in the snyder cut in a way that it wasn't in the other one and that's like what's up with this space and them actually locking themselves in was such a bigger deal yeah. in this version then because i didn't i never quite got that where i was like uh sure it's just but like that they all die like they legit die yeah. in a way that it wasn't clear in. and and it's it's it i think that the one thing about the amazons that that i feel like these movies have never really like nailed uh in 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 like it i get it because because i'm a stupid hardcore comic book fan and <laughs> mythology fan or whatever right it's like they you there aren't more amazons there can be no more amazons there's a finite number of amazons so to lose that many and to lose like in this instance like some of the best it's mm-hmm. like well the amazons are now a much less effective fighting force because a hundred of them just died and, and it was a hundred of like their strongest warriors right like they didn't put like the 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 lesser <laughs> fighters on on uh cube duty right it's like no we're gonna put like the best of the best in that room um to do that especially like once it wakes up you know the they were like every like shift change get all of our best warriors in there because whatever comes out we have to stop it um <coughs> and- oh, sorry <coughs> i got excited <laughs> about the awaken cube yeah um, um- Steppenwolf is absolutely like like if you want to talk about the one thing that completely changes this movie for me that like that takes it from garbage to something that I like it is that it is that the way because he's treated. everything else 
is like, okay, we just get more of some of this stuff. Although we don't get any more of Superman. Yeah, that, um, that was a bit of a bummer. We just oh, get some I mean, slightly well, we get John Johns. <clears throat> yeah, I could have done without that. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> it also meant that the movie didn't pass the freaking Bechdel test. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is like the one thing where it's like, come on, they had one scene together, you guys. Oh, they're still talking about Superman in a way, though. They are still, but there's a little bit of it at the beginning that they're not talking about Superman. But it's like, yeah. it's literally the one scene with two women. And then it winds up being yeah. that it was like, just kidding. <laughs> not really. <clears throat> Not really. It, I mean, the Amazons talk to each other about the cube, I guess. Yeah. So I, it does pass the Bechtel test, but like. I, it serves no purpose narratively in the yeah. story. Yeah. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't change Lois's motivations. It certainly gives us some more like, hey, here's what Lois is going through with Superman dead. And it's like, cool, 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 cool. Maybe if you were telling the death of Superman in a Superman movie, you would have time for this sort of thing. And it would actually be relevant to the story. But because this isn't a Superman story, this is a Justice League story. How Lois is feeling is not important, um, which, which maybe sounds bad, but it's not. It's not important to this story, right? Um, it's some extra flavor, but it's like, I don't know. It's just like, it's like bring it to use more, uh, uh, cooking analogies. Like I did with the MCU. It's like bringing out a dish and being like, also, we just put a side of fries there. And it's like, okay. I mean, I love French fries, I love fries. <laughs> but like, Does it I mean? ordered spaghetti with meatballs and you're like, here's a side <laughs> of fries. And I'm like. This doesn't really add anything to my spaghetti and meatballs. I and mean, maybe I'll try dipping a French fry in spaghetti sauce. Might be good, but like it doesn't. But like this thought, this thought would have not occurred. I wouldn't had the fries not been offered. I wouldn't have thought less of the spaghetti and meatballs. My analogy makes sense. <clears throat> uh, I nailed it. I brought it home right there. I landed that plane. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much more I can talk about this movie. Without no, convincing I mean, I myself sort of... that maybe I actually don't like it, I, okay. Let's I stop, no. stop over ahead. <laughs> no, I do like it. I do. I like it, but I like it in the same way that I like Joker. I watched Joker and I was like, "Wow, what a story! They did it. Cool. I never want to watch that movie again." Is that the Joaquin Phoenix one? Yeah, the Joaquin Phoenix one. I never watched that one actually. I never want, I will never watch it ever again. And it's not, that's not a judgment on its quality. It's just like the type of story that they're telling. It's like, I have also seen Taxi Driver, which is very much the same movie. I never need to watch Taxi Driver again. It, it like, like there are certain movies that you can watch them once and be like, got it. Yep. I got it. Thank you. Um, and, and, and Joker is one of those movies and justice league for very different reasons is one of those movies where I'm like, I don't need to watch this again. I might at some point decide to sit down and watch it. Um, you know, in like 10 years when Kara's like, what move, what kind of Superman movies were they making when I was a kid? And I'll be like, well, they weren't good. That's why we didn't watch them. <laughs> or certainly they weren't appropriate for a four and a half year old. Like, I I mean, some people would probably argue with me that the MCU movies in general aren't appropriate for a four and a half year old. Some of them, some of them are. But, but some of them absolutely play perfectly yeah. for Cara. Like, uh, funny she's four enough, and a half. she's only four and a half. She'll be five in August. I, I, obviously the Spider-Man movies play perfectly for her. Um, she likes the Iron Man movies quite a bit as well, I think. I, I, 
the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, I don't think they really did it for her. I mean, I think that they're not entertaining unless you function on a higher, like, sarcastic brain level. Yeah, the jokes, the jokes definitely go over, over, over. But there's still a lot of slapstick. Like, I mean, there's still Groot smashing thing. Uh, You know, she does. She did like Baby Groot in in volume two. She did. (laughs) I I take it back. She did really connect with Baby Groot. Um, Yeah. And Rocket. She likes those characters. She's actually got a storybook that's good night. Uh, it's good night Groot I think maybe it's maybe it's good night baby Groot but and it is Rocket and Groot it's a they're I I the the story is trying to put Groot to bed but Rocket is like no we have an adventure to go it's it's a (laughs) great it's a great bedtime story um yeah I that that bedtime story better story than Justice League better story than Justice League but but all that said, man, I just really really love Henry Cavill as Superman. Uh, it's it's such a joy to have all of this footage without a fake CG lip. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Love the black costume. Hate the decision at the end of the movie for him to stick with it. Um, yeah, I would have loved for the last moment for the for them to be showing us a new Superman costume. Right. For us to get like, uh, I would have really, 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 really loved it if it would have been the reveal and it would have been what we talked about with Superman and Lois. If it would have been the Fleischer shield of like the gold outline with the red S on the black field, um, that would have been like because that to me would have signaled like, oh, hey, now he's Superman. Now he's like now he's re- he's been reborn and he's really right. Superman. Instead, what we get is he's been reborn and he is now the Zack Snyder Superman, one hundred percent. Like this is <laughs> right. this isn't your mama's Superman. This is the Superman that wears black. Um, and uh, it's just like the next Superman movie is just gonna be wall to wall Pearl Jam songs. So there isn't even a story. It's just, he's just flying around punching things to Pearl Jam songs. Um, that's that's the next evolution of Zack Snyder's Superman storytelling. I, I, and, then, like, and then just every once in a while, we cut to Lois being pregnant. And then she has a super baby at the end of the movie. And they're like, super baby. And that's how that movie ends. There, see, I don't need wow. closure. I've got it. Wow. We did it. You that's exactly, that's exactly what, what we were going to get um, from another one. I'm good. I don't need more Zack Snyder Justice uh, DC movies. I don't need to see this world continue on the big screen. Some people have said like, hey, let them finish this story in an animated form. I would be down for that. Like give us give us like three or four animated movies and get the get get everybody back. Like like bring back all of the actors to to voice their roles and stuff. But like, give it to us in a totally different context, and I think it might actually work better. I, I think. mean, I don't know. I I like. I don't know. I had a lot of fun. I have a different. I I I I'm. I don't know. I. <laughs> Do you want to be subjected to another four-hour movie, yes. like another movie that needs that long in order to tell its story yes, properly? Because I like these characters. I I don't I don't dislike them in the same way that you do. I think. Yeah. For like the know. these these It's not the characters, it's the world. It's the world. It's this it's this I mean, earth yeah. that's like 
that's like superheroes are a plight on our existence. And it's like, I, that's not what I want. Especially the thing is, is like, that's not what I want from DC more than anything. Right. Because like, yeah, cause the boys is giving us that of, I'm not exactly that. That world is like, Hey, superheroes are the greatest. And then behind the scenes, they're like, actually it turns out the superheroes are all the problem with everything. Right. They're just as corrupt as everything else. But, um, but like what I like, for dc it's supposed to be that like when superman flies overhead kids look up and go like hey there's goes superman right like right. it's supposed to mean something it's and it's not supposed to mean something in like a weird creepy everybody with their day of the dead skull makeup on right like i don't even know what that scene is supposed to mean in batman v superman but yeah that one but it's not a, what yeah. superman is supposed to mean yeah. like it's like the I, it just goes back to like everything that Zack Snyder does is like he takes heavy imagery and then he he overlays a red cape on it and then goes see I'm deep and it's like yeah but what does that mean like what does any of it mean and it like and what it turns out is like none of it means anything because when you carry through to the next movie and you see his complete vision for Justice League all of that stuff that he set up in batman v superman of like the world needs superman and what like the like was the world none of that has any bearing on the story in justice league except for batman's story it's not like we pull back and we see the rest of the world and everybody's like the world sucks without superman it's like we don't we don't get any of that it's just like there's a guy with big horns and he's gonna kill everybody we gotta stop him and superman would be able to do it by himself but but unfortunately he's dead and when he cried it made it made them come now it's a little bit literal at the beginning it's a little bit literal with the like and it also is like a seven minute sequence and it's like we get it guys anyways um yeah I think I think we're done. I think I Sorry, think someone really. could take the Snyder cut and they could cut it down and then like maybe add in just like one or two of the actual good jokes from the Whedon cut, like the lasso moment, because there are a couple of good jokes in Joss Whedon's Justice League that I think could survive the cut. Um, and I think that you could make like a two and a half hour movie, like two hours, 45 minutes, maybe that is like a that is a great Justice League movie. Um, as opposed to like a good serviceable one, which is what we got, but it's four hours long, unfortunately. Um, you can watch it in parts, I guess. You could turn it into a mini series. You can. Yeah, I, you know what? You're you are way more positive on it, I think, because I you did break it into two. I, I, that's true. I, yeah. I subjected myself, but only no, because I, I knew that at the end of the at the end of that, I got to watch Falcon and Winter Soldier. So well, um, cool. That's it. That's it. Are we done? Yeah. We're done? Yeah. I think we're done. You want to tell everybody to go watch Mighty Ducks? By the time we come back, thankfully, because now because we have the two weeks, right? By the time we come back, we will have seen multiple episodes of Mighty Ducks Game Changers. I will have actually seen the first episode. um, Yeah. Because I haven't watched it yet. So. We opted. I opted to watch Mighty Ducks ND2 last night instead. And I'm glad that I'm glad that I did. I'm glad that I did. But you also watched Invincible, and I was thinking I should watch Invincible. I like yeah. I gambled. I was like, of Invincible and Mighty Ducks, I felt like you would have watched Mighty Ducks, so that's oh. why I watched Mighty Ducks. And Look, I totally like the might. The know. Mighty Ducks are so very, very important to me as a human being. <laughs> but 
Invincible is on the shelf next to Why the Last Man. It's it's sandwiched between Xenozoic, Why the Last Man, and Crimson. It is on the shelf of these are my favorite comic book series of all time. Okay. 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 <laughs> Invincible. Just... In, Invincible. There are so many. This is what. Okay. Everybody needs to go watch Invincible. This is how we'll end the episode is with my pitch for this thing. But I was gonna, I was going to pitch Mighty Ducks. Oh, you, you can do that too because that's what okay. we're going to come back okay. in two weeks. Okay. We're going to talk about okay. these two things. Okay. Okay. Invincible. There are so many versions of the hey. You know DC, you know Marvel, you know superheroes, but here's that world with a with a twist, with a like, hey, but here it is, but more realistic, right? Here it is, but but I uh, but instead this thing is this thing. We're gonna swap out one thing for this thing, and it's got all of your weird like cookie cutter no name brand, uh, like uh, I think his name's Red Racer is their version of version of Flash, and it's like it's literally just the Flash. He runs really fast, right? <laughs> Nice. They they combine Wonder Woman and Thor into one character. Um, I, I don't even remember her name. I but I but she's like she's a god, but she's Wonder Woman. I, it, it which I mean, like I guess it's just Wonder Woman. Maybe there's just a different version. So I don't know. Yeah, I've never heard of that. She's got a big. She's got a big mace that she uses though, which is very much like Mjolnir. So it's like they did. There is a conscious thing of combining them. Fair. There are so many versions of this type of superhero story. There's Invincible. There's The Boys. There's Irredeemable. There's, uh, uh, oh, what's the one that I really hate? Something City. Uh, I can't even remember what it is. I, I, we covered it on Pullbox Podcast, and I tore it apart, and everybody hates me for it, including the, the, the actual creator of the series listened to the podcast and was like, you don't get it. And I was like, okay, whatever, dude. Um, I completely disagree with you. I think you don't get it, but that's fine. Um, Invincible does it better than any of them. It is also from the creator of The Walking Dead. And this is the thing. He was writing The Walking Dead at the same time that he was doing Invincible. Like they are, like he was doing both. (laughs) And Robert Kirkman is a, a crazy mad genius although <laughs> walking dead eventually runs out of gas both in the comics and in in the the tv show uh invincible never does invincible has a lull there's like a lull in the middle of it which i'm interested to see how this the tv series will handle that because i think that they'll probably gloss over a lot of it and, and get back into the interesting stuff but it finishes stronger than any other comic book that i've read that has like a an actual like here's here's a finish here's the end um it's it's phenomenal it's fantastic uh and it yeah i mean like crimson is my favorite comic book series of all time invincible might be number two it might be number two um but it also has like a great cast well and that's the thing is that like this series is so good and the people who know it's so good know that like if you're gonna do this you gotta do it right this can't be half-assed and seth rogan is one of the executive producers so i think Stephen that, yuna is doing so many things right yeah, now like, i think seth rogan like, pulled up every favor in his rolodex that he had stashed away and was like let's make this happen but also i don't think it was that hard for him because i think that once you approach people and you go okay Here's the story. If we get to do all five or six or 10 seasons of this that we want to do, here's where your character gets to go. Here's the story. And for every one of the main characters, 
everyone who's been cast, like everybody who's been cast as a, as a main like lead character, I, every single one of them gets to do something cool at some point in that run. Like, awesome. like invincible services, it's massive cast of characters better than anything else. Like I, I, I hope I'm not hyping this too much because it's not going to be for everybody. But if, if any of what I have said uh, appeals to you, then you got to check out these first three episodes. Um, if you like the boys, Invincible is very much in the same vein. And like, I don't like the boys comic, wow, but I love the TV show. So great. Oh my but gosh. Invincible, like they nailed it. They have absolutely nailed it right down to the fact that my least favorite character in the entire series, Rex Splode, is played by Jason, Jason Manzukis. <laughs> yeah. And great. he has he has made me love that character because I love Jason Manzukis. And now like he he did a thing that that doesn't happen very often but when it does it gives me right now i got tingles talking about this he rewrote the dna of that character that like he, it retroactively changed the way that i feel about that character Whoa, in the comic book because intense. now now rexplode is jason manzukis so now yeah. when i go back and i replay all of the horrible things that rexplode does cuz he's such a He's a character that you love to hate, right? Uh, they they describe him as naturally incorrigible. Exactly, in Wikipedia perfect. That I'm looking at. Perfect. <laughs> and and when I was casting him myself as a generic white guy, it didn't work. But when you put Jason Manzukis in that role, all of a sudden I'm like, yes, everything that he does makes perfect sense now, and I get it. And if that's what Kirkman was going for in the first place, it was it's on me for missing it. It's on me for not understanding that Jason Manzukis should have been playing that character. That's Invincible. Please go watch it. Zachary Quinto is Robot. Like Gillian yes. Jacobs is is Adam Eve. Oh my God! It yeah. is Zazie Beats is Am- it's, war, like, it's War Woman is the name of the War Woman. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. I mean, like J.K. Simmons as Omni Man is just unbelievably perfect yeah. and good. It's just it is. I don't know why i live in the timeline that i live in why i exist in this version of the universe and like like we've talked about it a lot we do live in the darkest timeline the 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 one good it maybe it could be worse there's there's always a nazi timeline right like where the nazis yeah. won so that's probably the worst one but i i in in this timeline that we know is one of the darkest timelines uh, dealing with COVID and dealing with uh, uh, Trumpism and all of that stuff. The the silver lining to that is that these things that I love are adapted so incredibly well. And I don't know what I did to deserve <laughs> for all of the things that I want to happen to happen. Right. I mean, like, I guess you could count Rise of Skywalker as a as a price to pay for that but uh but but you know what i'm actually it's i'm okay with it because rise of skywalker is still watchable but uh yeah yeah, because man to get that i was sitting through watching it and just like i can't believe that this exists in the way that it does at the level that it does it's so perfect mighty ducks game changers follow follow up mighty with your recommendation for mighty ducks game changers i i mean I will now watch Invincible. I do feel like Mighty Ducks Game Changers, I wasn't really going to watch. And I happened, um, one of my, I didn't realize that the costume designer for the show that I did a while ago, uh, co-costume designed and then 
uh, or assistant costume design and then co-costume design some of the episodes for Game Changers. So I was like, oh, cool. Uh, Game Changers is on because it was like I had forgotten that it was coming out. And then when I was ending Winter Soldier, I had some time and I was like, you know what? I'll watch this. It's like it's on here and it's cute. I didn't realize that it was I don't remember her real name, but Lorelai Gilmore. Lauren um, Graham. Lauren, Lauren Graham. Yeah. And um, obviously, uh, uh, Emilio Estevez is great. Yeah. Um, and the kids gave me so many throwback vibes. Like nice. the, the, and that is what I want from the show is for it to be like, why is this, why are you telling this story again? And it's like the kids are the kid, like the, there's the two, there's a pair the two main kids. Uh, the one guy uh, is a podcaster and yeah. it's just great. There's a, a, a line where he says, you know, like he's like, cause they are trying to get him on the skate team. And he's like, yeah, you know, I've got the body of a podcaster. Like, it's like, I'm not, that's, very yeah, that's in the trailer. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, so, oh, I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't watch the trailer, but like, anyways, that, that kid um is great. Like they, they just have a great banter. The two, the two little kids. And then you can tell like the team that they're putting up together, that it'll be an ongoing thing that, that it's, it's just, you know, is this ragtag group of kids that are just going to go play hockey and suck at it. And I just love that as a conceit and it makes yeah. it, like it just it just makes it a fun show that I'm just like this is just like a cute little series that I'm looking forward to and also just reexamining like the crazy pressure of sports and especially hockey and all of that jazz so I it's it's cute it's worth watching but I I mean maybe watch Invincible first but <laughs> I I want to see what I'm curious to see what you what you have to say about it I am really excited to see the original people come back at some point in time they were not in the first one yeah they say they they do come back for one episode although joshua jackson is conspicuously conspicuously absent absent. look hey i doing joshua come on we will talk about this at great length i'm sure but i i think that they went the wrong direction i don't think that emilio estevez was the guy it should have been joshua jackson this story should be joshua jackson needs to reevaluate his life and come back and because that was the one thing where i'm kind of like it's that was my same it's sort of the same story it's like gordon bombay who he was at the beginning of the mighty ducks series and I'm so i watched i watched the trailer and then that's what made me go i want to watch i need to rewatch the movies and then rewatching the first movie and then and and even watching d2 uh it it reminded me of like oh yeah that's who he was He's kind of just gone back to like, yeah, it, almost like character. in a different way. Like he's kind of been through the ringer and now he's yeah. just curmudgeonly and old. Yeah. yeah. Um, he is in the role that I, that it's, that was in my pitch, which is that he, he, although I had him like uh, running the skate shop, the yeah. uh, Hans's yeah. skate shop. Right. Yeah. But I, uh, yeah. Anyways, we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> uh, cool. Awesome. Well, that's it. Or in two Not weeks. Not next I week. Say. We'll yeah, talk about it in two weeks. weeks. Yeah. I uh, awesome. Thank you guys uh, for listening, and uh, and we'll we'll see you in a couple weeks. Stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands and be kind to one another. Follow the Thunderquack podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching the Thunderquack podcast. You can support us in three ways. First, by heading to the podcast service of your choice and leaving a rating and review. Second, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch from your favorite podcasts. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support and get cool rewards 
like early access and extended episodes. The Thunderquack Podcast is the official podcast of Thunderquack.com. Head to Thunderquack.com to discover more great podcasts.